everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Be The Vessel podcast. My name is Daniel and I am an intuitive psychologist acting as a bridge between Western psychology and the spiritual realm. I interview those called to the healing arts with various ways of knowing, serving, and channeling the most powerful medicine for our collective return to wholeness. If you like what you hear and would like to support the podcast, which is an offering of love, please check out my Patreon page where you can offer support or become a member of the Be The Vessel community with exclusive monthly offerings. Today's episode is yet another solo episode as I clearly have more to say on my own. So please enjoy this episode as I cover a range of topics, including stepping into the role of channeler, the collective shifts we are all experiencing on the planet at this time, and how to be of highest service while honoring your own truth and power. May this episode be a gift, an invitation, and a medicine to honor your unique path and all the ways it's meant to unfold. Hi, everybody. I am back with another solo episode after a series of events that I did not expect, but have been largely transformative, largely allowing me to take the next leap in my life path that I knew was coming for several months. I knew there was a big leap coming, not just in my own inner guidance, but in the team of healers that I meet with, and various synchronicities in the way that the universe invites in foresight and clarity, not in the way we're used to, but uh, signaling that truly only in retrospect makes sense. Although, because I have committed my life to this form of inner and outer guidance, uh, I will say because it's not it's not only inner, it's outer realms as well, but it's both. The inner reflects the outer. And so for a while, I knew that something was coming and that something still is coming in in the circumstances. But oftentimes, the inner takes place first. There needs to be an inner alchemy a willingness for inner transformation before the outer transformation occurs. Or sometimes it's the reverse if we have not been listening. And oftentimes then it's not so pleasant because the outer invitation can feel rapid, scary, shocking. But from my experience, if we're committed to the guidance and doing the quote-unquote work, we know what's being called of us first inside before anything even really needs to change outside. And that's kind of what's been happening. So I have no idea what today's episode is going to be about, but we're going to find out. I have been guided not to prepare anything, which has really been the course of my life thus far um, in these recent months and years, but but just more and more and more letting go of any sense of preparation. You know, there are definitely times, you know, and I interview guests on this podcast. I do a little quote-unquote research. Really, it's just a tuning in and a setting a frame, tuning into the energy of what it will be, what it's meant to be. 
but more and more it's about meeting the moment and allowing it to flow, allowing the brain to access a higher frequency that simply allows the information to flow. And for those who have been following along my journey at all, you will recognize the fact that I've stepped into a a more specific form of the art of channeling, as I refer to it. And that has been a more explicit form of surrendering to the flow, specifically in the form of allowing sources of information that do identify themselves in certain ways and uh, recording that and making that public and sort of stepping into that role or that identity as channeler for now and making that public. And that has been part of this big inner leap, uh, part of this process of me confronting all the fears and doubts and perceived judgments and amending and mending all the relationships, the, the people close to me who are disrupted, who feel disrupted by that kind of thing. That's been an important part of my journey is as I take leaps, it disrupts the quote unquote status quo. And <laughs> there was already a tenuous status quo in my relationship to family and friends because my journey has continued, my journey has been rife with leaps over the past several years. So I'm not sure anyone was getting too comfortable with me. <laughs> but just in case they had gotten a little bit comfortable, I took another enormous leap that I could feel I was building to. Uh, just several things had started to happen. I mean, the channeling had started to happen, but I had kept that. I revealed it a bit in the last podcast episode, and, and that was sort of presencing people to it, maybe for the first time. But I'd been experiencing that for a while in one incarnation, privately, personally, recording myself, receiving these messages about me, about what's coming. But, you know, at this point in my journey, I don't make too much of it because if you make too much of it in the mind, then you start expecting things. And when they don't happen in the way that the messages are being delivered, you, you kind of get disappointed. You start losing faith or trust until you realize that there's no timeline associated with these messagings and you have no idea when or how they're going to unfold. You're not meant to. That's not your human mind's job. It's merely to perceive and to welcome in and to, and to practice. You know, you can get... Yeah, I'll speak for myself. I allow myself to get excited and and feel the emotion energy of it. It's so powerful. And then to come back to a state of equanimity, to, you know, practice riding the wave, to be on that surfboard and to see, okay, I hear the message. Now let's come back to presence. Let's come back to peace in my heart. And if I can find it for that day and and ride this wave and see what's here, see what's going to manifest in the physical for today, because they're not always connected. And then, um, through a series of events, it, it started to amplify and rapidly make itself known, uh, the more explicit channeling experiences in my writing. And then, you know, very quickly I was guided to spend hours. I mean, it must've been 20, 25 hours I spent learning how to do what I'm doing now. If you happen to be watching, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with this, but I'm recording this on video as well. I, I spent a lot of time learning video software and editing, very basic editing, but 
enough to start putting things out there. And that was in service of, I wasn't sure why, but I learned it was in service of putting the channeling videos out there, allowing people to see me more readily uh, and see a lot of me because uh, it is clear that this was not about (laughs) gaining approval, if I ever thought it was, or being liked or being accepted because not only was I guided to put that stuff out there, which was unsettling for many, though for others, I feel they were likely being supportive and whatever, liking the videos on Instagram. Not only was I guided to do that, I was guided to push the limit so much that I was recording every single day and posting a video every single day, basically challenging people to be like, how, how often will you, con- how much will you continue to, <laughs> to like this? Uh, pushing people, even who likely were supporting me, to the edge of probably their own minds to say, okay, we get it. Like you're doing this channeling thing, but enough. Like (laughs) we don't need to see it every day. So it was just continuously, thankfully I've been guided to, it was literally up until yesterday, guided to shift back for the moment into some other forms of creation like this. And I have a bunch of podcast interviews coming up that I sense will be enjoyable for me and for those who would enjoy those episodes. So switching up a little bit, giving everyone a breather from seeing me with my eyes rolled up, channeling these different sources. Um, So clearly it wasn't about um, being liked and clearly it had a lot to do with moving through my own fears and doubts. Um, You know, all judgment is self-judgment. And so when we push out into the circumstances that um, that challenge people, we we encourage ourselves to to sit with that, to grow into that, to not turn away, to stand in our power. And that was um, I hadn't felt those kinds of feelings that the, that kind of fear, I would call it, you know, fear about what I was doing for a while. I'd not only maybe had I had other people grown a little comfortable, I'd grown a bit more comfortable with using words like intuitive to describe myself, you know, marrying the language of intuitive and psychologist. I'd just gotten a little more comfortable saying that to people and when they asked me what I did. You know, I think people may see me in uh in in, in what and whatever, things I post online or whatever, and think that I'm just really confident in, in, in this iteration. And the truth is, is I'm just riding the wave. Yes, I am, I am a lot more comfortable and a lot more free with who I am. But, but the thing about freedom is freedom is not necessarily the same as comfort. So I continue to push myself and I'd started to get, I started to find a bit of a rhythm. I'd started to get, um, I started to feel a sense of mastery in my work with clients, just in terms of what was going on, how I, you know, because the the initial leaps of leaving my clinic and things like that, it was very similar. I did not know what I was stepping into. I did not know what I was going to leave behind. I did not know what was going to come with me. I did, did not know. And so I was almost rebuilding entirely the way that I work with people. And it's still, I've probably said this before, if you were to watch me, 
you know, and, and the, the clients I work with who, who listen to these episodes, you know, it, they know, you know, it's, it, we're doing a lot of talking. We're doing a lot of um, exploring in the ways you might in other traditional therapeutic settings. But, but what's going on inside me is, is, is very different than in the past. You know, I just don't think a whole lot. Um, I am what I call channeling, a different form of channeling because it's me. I'm not allowing some other source to speak through me. Or, well, in some ways, yes, but not in the explicit ways I've stepped into recently. But my whole life has become this form of this art of channeling. And I didn't know that that's what I was stepping into, but I had a sense because when I reflect back on the things I was talking about around the, that time a few years ago, I was talking a lot about letting go of thinking, meditating before sessions, things like that. And I would scare myself a little bit. Sometimes I'd be in a session and be like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to say next. Or I'd be in a workshop and I'd be like, I don't know what I'm going to say next. And so, you know, of course, only in retrospect, I could see I was preparing myself to continue letting go, to continue moving through all blocks of fear and doubt in the mind that would allow me to stay in flow, that would allow me to do this. I could not have conceived of doing something like this where I'm going to show up and record myself with absolutely no idea or plan of what I'm going to say and just and just start talking. I was pretty comfortable talking, you know, presenting and stuff, but I would still get very nervous and I would still prepare a lot. And so even those initial iterations of me showing up and speaking and talking about myself or my work or whatever, I would reflect on it. I would, I would, you know, plan and, and still get nervous and do a lot of takes. And yeah, I'm not doing a whole lot of that anymore. Um, I still edit these things for sure. <laughs> but I can see what I've been preparing for. Or another way of saying it would be what I've been prepared for, um, which is to really let go. Because I sense that my journey will be taking me into larger and larger groups of people to, to present this uh, different forms of channeled information that may just come through me where I, um, and maybe some other, likely some other sources. Um, I don't know to the extent that all of that will continue in the way that it is now. I, I'm, I practice being unattached. You know, another perception others might have is as I step into a role, as I reveal something about myself, their perception might be, oh, he's this now, or he's, um, you know, he's, he's really, he's going to step into this role. And in some ways, yes, I have, but the reality is inside, I'm not making a whole lot of decisions about that. I'm honoring the role that I'm guided to step into now, but it could change tomorrow. And to really be free and unattached is to really play with the roles that we're guided to step into. I'll be the channeler for now, and I think I've inundated or saturated the social media platforms with that image of myself. But if I'm guided to let it go, I will. That's something I've learned is to, again, I can feel the, you know, I'm happy to feel the excitement and the alignment 
of stepping into something while also trusting that things can change pretty quickly. And this is just a huge time of change and transformation. If you haven't heard me say it enough, whether in a channeled state or otherwise, it is such a transformative time. I know you're feeling it too. I know you, at this point, I know everyone's feeling it. You know, earlier, I, you know, months ago, whatever, I'd probably say something like, well, I'm quite sensitive to energy, so I might be picking up on it. Others might not be. But I mean, just pick a person in your life and ask them and, you know, they'll likely, even if they're not totally aware of the way I'm framing it, is likely a, a, a large amount of change happening. So this is the way it's happening for me, is to really leap into these roles to sort of catch these big waves and ride them because I feel the time is now and to remain unattached to what it's meant to bring me to how long it's meant to stay and, um, and see what happens. I have found myself waiting for external circumstances to change, you know, which is a part of that intuitive journey for me, which is that I'll hear things, you know, and come to expect them. And I'm still practicing letting go of that, but but I'm pretty clear that some things are coming that I'm likely going to move again. And actually some, something opened up in that area, just in regard to like my lease that I wasn't expecting or didn't necessarily know about that gives me a little bit of freedom to move when I, when the opportunity presents itself. But yeah, it's, it's staying present. It's working through all the emotions and beliefs that are showing up in me, all the inner work, that physical healing that is still plentiful for me. I've had to revisit some old familiar spaces, old familiar feelings in this process that has not have not been comfortable, but I practice holding the light. Trauma comes in waves and I <laughs> keep choosing the light. And uh, it's humbling every time, but it does get easier. And you may find that you can fundamentally feel or, or perceive that even when it's deeply uncomfortable, some part of you knows this is a medicine. Some part of you knows this is for growth, which doesn't always make it easier, but it makes it tolerable. Uh, sometimes you still want to jump out of your skin, as I do. But if you can just get to bed, which sometimes I just need to do to wrap up a day and let that energy clear itself out while I'm in the astral plane, then um, it can be okay. It can be okay. Yeah, change is exciting. It's also unsettling, literally unsettling. It is it is stirring things up that have settled. And as a result, new opportunities show up because we are stirring up what has become, what has started to, um, what has started to form. And when we're playing with form, when we are creators, when we are in that role of creator, which we all are, I know I talk about that a lot, we are all creators we're incarnated on this earth, we are here to play with the physical form. 
We are here to create through the physical. We are not essentially physical beings. We are multidimensional beings, but we come through the physical, through the density of this planet, to bring things to form in the physical. That's, that's a unique capacity that we have as human beings, that other life forms, other beings, other um, those that exist in outer realms and dimensional planes do not have the opportunity to do. They, can, they, they may be creators in, in other ways. But to create through the physical is, is a unique gift. So we all have that capacity. And to do that, to bring formlessness to form, which is what we're doing, we're bringing ideas that are formless, that have existed only in the mind, and we're bringing them to life each and every day. Even if you don't consider yourself artistic or a visionary in some way, you're creating your life every day that you wake up and whatever the beliefs and feelings you have, they're playing out. So with more awareness and, and consciousness, you can start to be a little more intentional about that. How, how do I want to create my day? How do I want things to manifest? And, and then there's a surrender process, right? It's a co-creation. We're not the only creator um, in this game. So things are, as we start to set intentions, things are invited back to us to experience that are not necessarily what we drew up because there are things that we need to clear out. We need to heal in this human vessel, this physic physicality that we incarnated into. It's not super comfortable. It's got some issues. It's got lineages of trauma from human ancestry as well as from planetary ancestry, like these bodies come from the planet, so they contain within them the history of the planet, the so-called trauma or conditioning of the planet, the lower density, lower frequency vibrations of the planet, because this planet has grown through a lot of darkness, as has the human uh, lineage itself, not to mention your own individual family lineage and all of that. All of that is contained within the physical body, within uh, the genetic DNA coding within the cells. And then there are, then there's the energetic or etheric body uh, represented by the chakra system, which connects to the, um, what is referred to as the astral plane, the where all the emotions and thoughts and beliefs live, which is not physical, right? You know, I, I mean, I shouldn't say right as if this is common sense, but from my understanding, emotions are, you know, they're, they become physical. They play out physically through the nervous system, through the endocrine system. And that energetic body, that layer of, a, of etheric body is the sort of the medium between the astral and the physical. And, you know, the astral being a fourth dimensional plane. So where time is not linear, right? And it's, it's why you can be transported with a thought and a feeling. You know, you're not bound by time in your feelings and in your thoughts and in, in, in your dreams, right? You're not bound by time. But in the physical, you are. So this is how things play out in through the physical. You know, those emotions and beliefs, that formlessness, that fourth dimensional world um, that many uh, we'll speak to as the other side, 
you know, when we cross over, when we lose the physical body, when we transition, we often go there, which is why people talk about heaven and hell and things like that, because you, you can be in hell and your emotions and thoughts, right? And those continue on, uh, or you can be in heaven and all get to move toward the light, but some may have to work through some of that stuff on the other side as well. But in the physical form, it gets manifested physically, so it, it impacts the physical system. And there's just a lot we need to, our bodies are going through this huge change and upgrading process so that we can step into this new earth, this, so we can be initiated into higher dimensional beings so that we can live at higher states of frequency with a higher level of consciousness, with more of the thoughts and emotions we want to experience and less of the ones we don't. And we play that out both in the multidimensional aspects of our self, you know, our mind and our heart, the energetic heart space, you know, through those emotions and beliefs, and we play it out through the physical. And so there are so many modalities now. It's why I believe that the collective has become so much more focused on healing the body. I've spoken to this a little bit where people will say, and I have said too, that, um, you know, the emotions are in the body. The trauma's in the body. Well, I'm I'm starting to see that it's not necessarily the case. It's represented in the body, in the physical body. You know, the physical body is a storage for those sort of, uh, for the energetic influence of those emotions and thoughts. So the chakras may get blocked, and then it presents itself in the body, and, and we can investigate through the body. But again, I, I would say we're not investigating through the physical body. We're investigating through that multidimensional space within us in the heart. You know, you're not like going into the heart organ. You're going into the, the energetic space, to the feelings. So we're, we're accessing all of what we're carrying which is so much more than we've ever conceived of before. There's so many layers to this experience. There's just so much. And we have some really great physical tools now through fitness and cold plunging or whatever, things that food, how we relate to food, different things. But what we're also doing is we're developing more energetic tools, particularly in the area of breath. Those who are into breath, like, yes, you're impacting the physical, but what you're really doing is you're bringing in prana, you know, that life force, that source of energy, that life source energy that helps the chakras spin. And, um, you know, in, in some ways, that's the layer that we're addressing when we're working with the body. We're addressing the energetic layer. But we're doing both. It's definitely this. It's not this mutually exclusive game. It's so connected. But it's become so important to work with the physical and energetic layers of our human experience. To not just talk about our problems. Talking is useful, but it depends what frequency we're doing it from. You know, if it just is about this complaining and stuckness energy, the energy of our words, right? It's not necessarily getting us anywhere. But when we're coming into and reflecting on how we feel, and we're expressing that, and then we're using tools or modalities, anything in our exposure to change that state, that's how we're really rising the vibrational frequency of 
the chakras of the energetic body, upgrading the nervous system and the brain uh, to allow for more capacity for this life source energy and consciousness to flow in and for us to become these multidimensional beings to access these higher realms of consciousness in the physical, right? As I've mentioned, these other sources of intelligence, of consciousness, uh, outer realm beings, they don't necessarily have physical beings. Some of them do, and I think we'll be connecting with them. And that will be this mission of open contact. But they're less physical than us. We are very physical. And so it's ta- it takes a lot of work for us to open up to these higher dimensional planes, which have a high level of frequency, which is just frankly overwhelming to our nervous system. So we need to upgrade. And if we don't upgrade, you know, we're not necessarily going to be able to stay on this planet. And maybe it's this version. Maybe we'll, you know, maybe we'll chart a timeline and another version of Earth because there are infinite versions. We live in a multiverse. Maybe those who are not growing will will stay in a version of Earth that is at a lower frequency, a lower vibration, and play that out. I don't know. But I also sense that on some level as well, if we're not willing to change and grow, we, we may we may just we may leave. We may continue our work in the in the the spiritual realms, the non-physical realms. Because we are growing. The earth is growing. Planetary being. Mother Gaia, the consciousness of the earth is expanding. You know, that may seem strange to talk about the planet as having its own consciousness, but when you start to reflect on it, like, why is that strange? We attribute consciousness to ourselves. We attribute, well, some, depending on their definition, would attribute consciousness to animals, right? And then some would go further and trees and rocks and things like that and plants and different levels of consciousness, not self-aware, not self-consciousness in the way that we have it through our minds, but maybe what others would refer to as first or second dimensional dimensional consciousness, simply existing, um, you know, representing in the very physical density, the, the life source, just not having it, uh, you know, at the higher vibrational frequencies that we do. And so Mother Earth, from which it all comes, all that physicality, has a source of consciousness, has a planetary consciousness. I don't know the full range or spectrum of it. Clearly it has a physical density. Clearly it has a a shadow, a darkness, but it also has a lot of light. It has a lot of beauty that we're slowly but surely learning to respect, and we will have to respect because we are of this earth. We are not just leaving it. It's coming with us, or we are coming with it uh, to help it expand, access higher dimensional planes so that the earth itself can be lighter and so that we as an expression of the earth and these human bodies can be lighter as well. And so that the entire system can begin to change, which is what I sense is happening now with the influx of artificial intelligence and various technologies, various discoveries about the nature of energy, energetic dynamics, physics, all kinds of things that I know I've been guided to speak a little bit about in the channeled states. This is all part of the plan. This is all part of the plan. And it's exciting. 
I feel excited talking about these kinds of things. And then I bring it back to the individual, to the personal, which we all do because we're all playing out these personal stories as well, which are important, important to get clear on. And um, it's not always fun to come back to the personal because it's vulnerable. There's aspects of me that, uh, as in aspects of you and all of us, that, um, that are super raw, super fluid, changing so much, slowly loosening attachment to the past, old versions of who we are, and yet having to re-experience those old versions in many ways to let them go. Being reminded of what we've held on to for a long time as children and beyond that. So it's sometimes easier to reflect on the collective and, and to zoom out. And I actually see that as quite healthy to zoom out, to not be so consumed by the personal. But the personal has a way of consuming you <laughs> at times. And so we practice, I practice holding the light while the personal comes deeply into view in waves, honoring that, forgiving myself, practicing compassion, practicing not forcing it, not trying to fix it, taking action when it's aligned, but, but riding the wave, riding the wave of the personal in service of being a part of this collective expansion, because I know that's what I'm here to do. And some of my own mission has started to unfold a bit more in the you know, it's interesting as, as things change in the physical, the guidance continues to ramp up and project out further into the future as well. So I'm just, oh, if people thought uh, the channeling was strange. <laughs> yeah, I've been getting more stronger messaging on being a part of this open window of first contact with ET beings and, and other uh, collectives that are, that are watching us. They are watching us and they are interacting with us through, through channelers, through uh, energy, you know, because they're smart. They're not just going to appear and cause mass chaos, but like, but we are watched throughout the universe because we are important. If you start to believe that there are outer dimensional planes and, and forms of existence outside of life, you might say, well, why would we matter? We're so, you know, we don't have the capacities that other planes and other forms of existence have. But remember, there's no better or worse. The lower frequency vibrations are important too. The lower frequencies of consciousness are important too. And we, we stand, we sit at this crux between the light and the shadow, the, the higher and lower realms, right? There can be heaven or hell on this earth, which is a large range. Um, it's not always like that in other places. So we are watched because we are going through one of the biggest transformation and transmutation processes within the universe because of that range. So we are watched and we are supported and yeah, I continue to get this message that I'm meant to be a part of that, part of that bridging. I don't know in what way, shape, or form. Um, I sense there may be more 
uh, experiences of contact that I begin to have, not only in the channeled version. So we'll see. We'll see. I don't know what to make of any of that. And just as I didn't really know what to make of the information when I kept being told I was a channel, I didn't know what that meant. I've just been honoring it as it's been flowing through and working through the fears and doubts that have showed up while stepping into it, while taking that action and then surrendering. That's the journey. Take action when you're guided to and surrender. And practice letting go of any expectation of how it's meant to unfold. I have no real idea why I've been meant to start being more public about this channeling stuff. I hear that it's important, but I don't know exactly why. I can honor in the personal story that it's important for my truth to speak my truth and to get free, which is a very high value of mine. And so I trust that the inner work leads to outer uh, creation and manifestation in getting free. And, And I see that I can be a model for others, but again, it's not really, you know, I've been asked before, like, is my journey about service to others? And is this recent channeling venture about service to others? Sure. In the sense that I trust that it will serve others, but the intention is merely to to stay in alignment with me about my mission. Now, my mission, as all our missions really are, is about service, but but we serve the self. We serve the self. You don't choose. You don't choose you or others. That's it's a false dichotomy. You are others. Others are you. So you serve you. And that's why, you know, I've dealt with this language around ego and selfishness. And, and I can definitely acknowledge and own that like my particular life path is maybe more about me (laughs) than on the spectrum, more about like taking care of me and doing things for me, like the, the personality, the personal personality of me than others may be. But, but that's just what's in alignment for me. It wouldn't really be in alignment for me to to do it any other way. I was sick and I was miserable (laughs) trying to be more, however you want to phrase it, selfless altruistic, I guess. But this version of serving me is of service to others, is is my very strong belief and my guidance that this is how I serve others, is by healing and getting free and modeling this path. That is my form of service. So others may not always agree with that, but, but that's how I see it. So you aligning with your highest version of you along the spectrum of taking more care of yourself or maybe stepping into more service for others, like more explicitly, more directly, that's going to be your highest version. That's going to be your highest passion. I don't see it. I don't see a difference between pursuing your highest passion and being of service to others. It makes most sense to me and is in alignment with my guidance that what is of highest service will be your highest passion. They will be aligned. That's the beauty of the universe. That's the beauty of universal will of God if you want to call it that, that you really do have the possibility to pursue your highest passion and for that to be in alignment with all the things you care about. It may not look like that right at first. Certainly doesn't always look like I'm being of service to people when uh, people are challenged by my decisions, by my personality, 
and it's not to say I, I don't take responsibility for the ways that I react and, and the ways I can do things better and the ways I can grow. But the intention is service driven, so to speak, not in some grandiose way that like, oh, I'm, I'm of service and everything I do, but just that like serving me is of service. And can I cross the line? Can I do things that are more selfish, so to speak, that uh, where I can grow in terms of um, uh, compassion and compromise a hundred percent. And that's a part of my path because I am here uh, to be a relational being. I'm not here to isolate people or cut people out. Um, I'm here to have a, uh, relationships, have a family of my own, um, and to, to grow with my family of origin. And thankfully they are willing to grow in their own ways along with me. But, you know, we, we are invited to, to know our nature, you know, and, and I'm, I've learned enough about myself to know that I'm always going to be on the side of doing things that may appear purely self-driven, um, that my life really is about me to be of service to others. Like that is kind of how I frame it. Um, and so if I need to keep learning lessons about selfishness and things like that, I will, but not so I become some totally different person because that's what would happen in the more traumatized version of my path is I'd be doing things to own my power and I'd be scolded or I'd get in trouble. And it's why I, why I had such resistance to authority because there was always this implication that I should be different, that I should change, that I, you know, and it came out very dysregulated. And so the power didn't really seem good for anyone. And I didn't understand it. I was afraid of my own power. So I withdrew into myself. I couldn't really change in the way people wanted me to. People don't know what they're, that they're just projecting expectations on you. They think they're being objective or whatever, but everyone's just projecting their own mind onto you. No one's objective. doesn't matter what kind of authority or power they have or what system they're a part of. They're not objective. So when we expect kids to change in a certain way, like we're invited to recognize like, well, what is their nature? You know, what are they needing to play out for them? And for me, I was continuously needing to own my power. So I would continue to get in these power struggles with whatever system I was a part of and feel so much shame and guilt and yet not really be able to change. I did many things that were objectively of service. Like if you look at my life, you know, I wasn't interested in finance or tech or whatever. Like I worked in schools. I... um. I'm in the healing arts, you know, like it's, it's interesting. Um, on the surface, my life has been about others, but inside it's been about needing to own my power and not just do things because I think others would approve of me. And I never made those, I never went into those fields for approval. I went into them because it's in my heart because I have a very loving and generous heart. It just looks different. It doesn't always look maybe as outwardly caring as others because I just, I'm a different kind of lover. I'm a different kind of person. Uh, my energy needs to be protected. It needs space to create 
my own vision. So it can be of highest service. I cannot be inundated by other people's energies and thoughts and whatever. I learned I can't really, I don't want to say can't, it's not a limitation, but I have not, I've needed to grow out of showing up to like an office every day with other people's energy going on. It's just not, for me. I think, you know, I'm stepping more into community. I'm stepping more into creating collaborative visions with people that's happening now and maybe creating a, a, a retreat center of my own. But, you know, and this will sound a little grandiose, but like, I'm a leader. <laughs> so whatever ship I'm a part of, you know, I'm going to have a, a leadership role uh, in part, or I'll be collaborating or participating, but I'm not joining anything um, where I don't have a, cre- uh, a role as creator, not necessarily sole creator, just as in life, but that's just become clear to me. And I've needed to own that, that there is no one who is holding some sort of boss title over me, period. <laughs> and I was probably afraid to say that, probably, if, you know, feeling like, oh, that's so egotistical. It's a, is it? Why? It's just, it's just what's aligned for me. And plenty of people play that out. Plenty of people are CEOs and create their own companies. But for me, there was all this shame around it. And I think my family has some of those shame and guilt dynamics about like really stepping into your power, which is probably why I chose this lineage. But like, you can be powerful and you can be of service. In fact, the more powerful you are, the more you can serve. So um, yeah, can it go too far? For sure. But I'm testing the waters. Because <laughs> that's what I'm guided to do. I'm guided to see like what is possible here. What is possible on this planet? What can I really step into? How much freedom can I create? And then, you know, apologize if I need to pick up the pieces if I need to mend the relationships if I need to hear people out if they've been understandably challenged by me posting videos of my eyes rolling up in my head and saying weird stuff and you know, but I don't need I have no need for any shame or guilt or labels that other people need to come up with about me and neither do you neither do you no one is here to define your life for you no one so people can have judgments and you can listen to them but they are not your truth <laughs> it'll never be your truth doesn't matter how hard you how hard you tried or how hard you try to fit into other people's judgments you know, how bad you feel and you want to conform and fit into their box. Good luck with that. I've tried. It's very, it's, it's deeply uncomfortable. And your body will say at some point, we're not doing this anymore. We're not contorting. We're not a contortionist. Unless you are, then cool. If you can fit in small spaces or whatever, great. But that's of your own free will. And that's some of the change we're stepping into on this planet because there are many people who don't have that privilege, right? Someone could look at me and say, oh, easy for him to say how privileged he is to create his life in the way he wants. Sure, in some ways, my, my nature, my life path has privileged me with the capacity to do the things I feel I'm meant to do. And there are many who are playing out karmic paths, not saying it's anyone's fault, um, but I do believe, I don't believe in just pure randomness or chaos in the universe. So there are people playing out different incarnations who don't have that kind of 
freedom, who are trapped, who are being objectively or explicitly oppressed and victimized by others, or who are oppressed and victim to their own circumstances, to their own lineage, to their own trauma, to their own mind, and who don't really have the capacity to get free right at this time. But those of us who can are meant to do so, to support them. So this is my, this is me getting free, and this is my invitation for you to keep questioning the limits of your own mind, which will allow you to invite others to do the same. Those who have the capacity and those who don't, we can support them in their own freedom. Um, you know, by not resonating with the same charge and potency and frequency of war and conflict. You know, as much as my journey is about powerful, it's not, uh, is about power. It's not about conflict. I'm not here to fight for freedom. I'm just not. Maybe some people are. Maybe it's their life path to engage more in physical conflict in service of freedom. Like, I, I, I'm not dismissing anyone who chooses to go to war or whatever or support war or whatever. It's not a morality game for me. Um, clearly, our human collective has chosen to keep playing that out for as many times as we need to, to learn. And my sense is that there will be an invitation of new technologies and new discoveries that put more factions at ease when there is more uh, an abundance of more resources to be shared. But, but it will be up to us individually to move out of the frequency of conflict. And that starts with our own families, with our own selves, with our own truth. I've, had, I've held a lot of anger throughout my life, a lot of resentment toward people who have sort of, quote unquote, kept me down. But in some ways, that was just playing out my own, the limitations of my own mind, my own mind keeping me down. This is why we're getting free in the mind. And when we get free in the mind, suddenly, people don't hold us down anymore. Funny how that works. Because it's not about other people blame other people as much as we want. And sometimes, as I've been saying, yes, we are put in circumstances where it, it appears very much like it's about other people, like they are literally invading our country or invading our home or abusing us or pillaging our communities. But even then, you know, you can take action. You can take action. You don't have to stand there and get abused. But it's still going to be about getting free in the mind. Because if we then wire ourselves for conflict, for revenge, for resentment, for whatever, now we're just carrying that. Now we've really been victimized. We've been victimized not just by the act of violence, but by the trauma conditioning that we are holding onto that is keeping us in these lower vibrational states. You know, it sounds so cliche and corny to talk about forgiveness and peace, but like, wouldn't you want that if you could have it, right? It seems like some people wouldn't even choose it. They might shrug it off and be like, no, I prefer conflict, you know? And there's a lot of like masculinity on the internet about like, you know, fighting. And I just see a lot of that. And that's cool. You know, people like it as sport. People like the competition, you know, sports and stuff too. So again, it's not judgment because that, that may be their power. That may be them playing out there, aligning with their nature, their masculine nature. But I do see in general that we are moving more toward a feminine opening, a blooming, 
a revival of the feminine spirit, the divine feminine, right? Mother Earth. And that that comes with a collective softening, which has been very difficult for the masculine energies on our planet. And for me in particular, to open that, open up to that, to release all anger and resentment and judgment, which I have, have had a lot of. And that I am stepping into things that naturally can um, incur a lot of judgment. So it's really not for me to judge. Like if I'm stepping into weird stuff that are disrupting, that is disrupting people's sense of normalcy, who am I to judge other people doing that? You know, so we get humbled by our own journey because the more we step into our truth, the more we see, oh, I'm just another weirdo too. What, I'm going to call someone else weird? Like, look at my life. It is so strange. So we get clearly invited to let go of judgment just by the way of us stepping into our freedom. Freedom for me means I'm inviting freedom for others, and that is sometimes challenging for me. So I'm learning to accept that, to release judgments of others so that I can relief, release judgments of me and get and get freer in myself. And that comes with the clear recognition that I'm just not here to fight. I'm not here to be in conflict. I'm not here to take a stand in that way, pick a side. And it, it can certainly be honorable for some. Um, it certainly is useful for many to advocate for those who cannot advocate for themselves. Like it's clearly a mission and a part of uh, this playing out. So I'm not here to say everyone should like, certainly not here to say everyone should quiet down or everyone should not advocate or everyone sh should not rebel in some way. It's more that my rebellion is an inner rebellion. It's a rebellion of freedom. And so creating the path of freedom for myself is the way that I advocate. I advocate through my own journey. My life is my message, as Gandhi said. So, And for others, it may really be about getting in the trenches and shining a light on the abuses of the world. And that is so honorable and courageous and beautiful. So we each have a life path and, and we really don't need to feel lesser or better for playing out the one that's meant for us. But you can bet that you have one and it may not look like it does for others. But that's because it's meant for you. And that's beautiful. Looks like I've been talking for a little over an hour just now. And um, I'm feeling feeling clear. I'm feeling like this may be a good time to wrap things up. And um, everyone who receives this message, please know that I support you. I support your journey. I support your own freedom, your own power. However it looks, different than mine or similar, regardless, I'm with you. And um, may the journey unfold in highest alignment with full permission for power and truth in each of us to step forward and to be the change. Be the change within ourselves, to ride the wave of the change of the collective in our personal and collective lives, and to navigate this ship home, home inside, and home to the source, and to wherever it is that we're going, <laughs> which I trust is good, ultimately.
So thank you for tuning in and for being a part of my journey. Um, I can feel pretty lonely sometimes, personally, but um, that's all part of the game for me, something I've navigated for, for a lot of my life. So we're getting free of that too. We're finding community, more and more aligned tribe. And um, I invite you to see and to hear that, that you're not alone either, that we're in this in whatever way, form, or shape it's taking for you. And I will continue to do my part and share how the shape and form of my life is unfolding. And, um, and you can take from that what, what fits and resonates. So thank you. May this be in the blessings of the divine. And I am sure that you'll hear from me soon. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you like the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, or head over to my Patreon page to become a member of the Be The Vessel community with exclusive monthly benefits and to connect with me directly. You may also find me on Instagram at drdaniel underscore atkins or through my website, drdanielatkins.com, where you can also subscribe to my newsletter to stay updated on all happenings. I'd love to hear from you. Until then, may you be the light, the frequency, and the vessel for your highest vision.